This is the official HITS training and consulting podcast. We are America's law enforcement canine training resource. We're raising the training bar for police dogs everywhere by discussing the intricate details of the training techniques used by the experts. HITS radio is merging the training world with the real world. You've been there. We've been there too. Welcome to HITS Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer. I'm coming tonight from uh, the Western States Police Canine Association. This is an event that they hold in Reno every year, and it's uh, similar to HITS in a way that there's some classroom uh, instruction, but then what's dissimilar is that there's a little bit of classroom instruction, and then the uh, association takes great pains into going out and setting up different venues everywhere for handlers to go out and work their dogs. So uh, it HITS what's not a working dog seminar, but here, all the handlers bring their dogs, so they spend a little bit of time in the classroom, and then they usually go out and work their dogs. Um, a lot of times it's related to whatever the classroom topic was. So they bring in instructors from all over the country, and then we go out and set up different scenarios. They provide us venues, and they put uh, different instructors together, and we set up uh, venues for the handlers to rotate through. Uh, this year, they have over 100 dog teams here, uh, and then, they have, like I said, they have instructors from all over the world they do all different types of detection as well as patrol scenarios and they set up different uh, venues. So it's really a fun event. It's a Western States Police Canine Association. It's in Reno. If you want to look it up, there's uh, information on the website about it. But I'm sitting here tonight. I'm uh, here with Billy Hobart and uh, Billy's from Allen, Texas. So uh, I think you've been teaching here for a couple of years. I think uh, this is my third year. Third year. This is the first time uh, Billy and I have taught together. So they paired us up, which is one of the things they do is they pair up different instructors, which works out good because the instructors can bounce off some ideas off each other. And the, it's a benefit to the attendees because they're getting different scenarios as opposed to um, the same scenarios every year and different points of view from uh, different combinations of instructors. So they, they uh, pair us all together. So this morning, Billy and I were tasked with setting up a patrol scenario. And I'm going to let Billy kind of explain uh, what we set up. But before we get to that, I'm going to just give Billy just 30 seconds. Just tell us about who you are and like where you're from, what you, what kind of stuff you've done in K-9. Okay, thank you. Uh, I'm Billy Holbert, and I've been with the Allen Police Department for 20, almost 23 years and two years prior experience before that at another department. Uh, I've been in the K-9 unit uh, pretty much almost my whole career, 20 years uh, of it anyway. Um, I'm a sergeant with the Allen Police Department and, uh, and a trainer. I'm a sergeant in the K-9 unit and a trainer as well. I've handled three dogs, and um, it's been the best years of my life in Absolutely. Canine. Absolutely. You like this event, too? Uh, this is a great event. I, uh, like you said, the, the, they get the best of both worlds. They get classroom training from, you know, instructors all over the world, plus they get the scenario-based training that, you know, does yeah. so much for them in their in their real-world yeah. scenarios. Yeah. So do you mind just kind of talking about what, what we were tasked with today and what we came up with? Uh, today we set up a, a patrol scenario that was – it was a muzzle scenario, and it started out with uh, the tactical obedience uh, that led into uh, a handler protection exercise. So we were out in um, some desert terrain, and uh, they had to manipulate from cover to cover through the uh, through the different, you know, the shrub bushes, the terrain, and and had to uh, you know do the tactical obedience, leaving their dog, calling their dog to them. So they had to show control work. That's what the uh, the basis for the tactical obedience is to is control work. So it really got to show the handlers where they were at uh, sure. in their control work. And then uh, that led into a, a handler protection exercise uh, where the when the handler made contact with the, 
with the decoy, the decoy put them on the ground, uh, proned out in front of them, uh, to where you'd see where the uh, the dog would hit the handler or the or the decoy, and to many surprise, yeah. the majority of them actually went to the handler. Yeah, so we had set it up to where we told the, the handler just get on the ground, and we'd hold the dog back, so that way uh, it was set up just to have an eye opener for the most of the handlers that see what they would uh, see that if they're on the bottom, they might be in a world of hurt when when this uh, goes on. Oh, for sure. And I think there were a lot of surprise handlers. So, uh, yeah, I think, what do you think we ran through at least probably 50 dogs, probably, probably 50 dogs, 50 dogs around there. Um, what, what would be like some of your takeaways? You've done this a lot and I'm sure you've done this exercise, but it's always cool when you get to see 50 dog teams that, that you don't know. Um, I always learn different stuff just by, you know, talking to them, watching, hearing what they say and stuff. So what are a couple of the takeaways you got from today? Um, well, I think that, uh, I think that, Everybody that went through the scenario got something out of it. Sure. Um, from the from the beginning of it, just you know us checking the muzzles. A lot of them, you know, learned how to check muzzles correctly, yeah. um, as we had found a lot that you know they weren't on properly. So, um, and then when you go into the control work, um, you know, I myself, even as a trainer, I still continue to learn every day off these you know other sure. hand handlers and canine teams and other trainers. Um, and, you know, so I try to pick up something off, you know, everybody that I can. But, sure. um, you know, I think that I think the one of the biggest things that the handlers got out of this uh, out of this scenario was the fact just knowing where their dog was at and what they need yeah. to train on and take back home. with Yeah, them. I agree with that. And I will kind of go in a little deeper on that. I think talking about the muzzle check, I think I was a little surprised that between the two of us, we, we figured we probably pulled off about 90 percent of the muzzles off the dog when we did a muzzle check. So. I guess we'll talk real quick about, I mean, how we do muzzle checks. What we were seeing was guys would just present their dog and then we'd tell them check their muzzle and they'd grab the front of the muzzle and pull it real hard. But when uh, Billy or I would put our fingers under the, the strap of the muzzle near the dog's ear, kind of manipulate it just a little bit, they popped off, I'd say 90% of the time, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely 90% of the and, time. And that's, a, I don't think people check muzzles obviously not around here they're not checking them that way you know but is that is that kind of how you've always checked muzzles too is it uh first well years ago i probably did the same thing that some yeah. of them did it just pull on the front of the muzzle um, which kind of gives you a false sense of security because it actually tightens down the muzzle on the back yeah um behind the ears so it doesn't give you a, a good representation of how the yeah. muzzle's really on yeah. so uh, once you pull it over the ear which is what's going to happen um, in the real world, whenever a handler or whenever a, a decoy gets his hand caught up yeah, in there and the, yeah. and the dog, um, you know, pulls out of it. So, yeah. um, but that's, uh, you know, the best way that I've found and, and, and the trainers that yeah. I've networked with, yeah. they're pretty much all on the same page. Yeah. So I think starting right there, everybody, uh, I think was interested in just that because, uh, you know, we didn't get any pushback from that when we pull a muzzle off them, then we'd re reset the muzzle and try and get it fitted better. So I think that was, a, that, it was kind of an, we didn't really even think that was going to be part of the exercise today, but I think uh, it, it definitely helped a, a little bit. Um, and then when we did the tactical obedience, what did you see that was, you know, good or bad on the tactical obedience? Well, I tell you, um, for those, you could tell who trained on it sure. and who hadn't. And for those that trained on it, um, you could, they were obviously more sharp than the other dogs. Yeah. However, you know, they, they also saw where they were at and they weren't, you know, yeah. where they thought they were because yeah. they don't train on it enough. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like we said, tactical obedience is about, it's about control work. So so when we were talking, what we did is we had the, the dog go to a down, we had the handler move up, take cover, call the dog up to it and stuff. So 
obviously one of the pushbacks is going to be, well, I'd never do that. I'm, I'm going to let my dog go up front. So maybe just tell the listeners, you know, why, why would you, why would you want to have a dog that could do that very well? Well, it's not about doing a search, sure. you know, with the dog, because, you know, there's not, I, I don't know very many times that you're going to go in front of your dog. Yeah. Um, however, it's, it's all about control work. Um, you know, the dog needs to uh, be under control at all times. You're going to show that in your training paperwork and you're going to show the control work that you did. Sure. And, um, you know, when the, the, the more you train on it, the more control they have yeah. and the more that plays into the real world whenever yeah. you need to be the dog into a controlled situation. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It does make sense. And I'll say um, we saw the kind of the gamut from handlers who hardly worked it at all. And we saw some handlers who put some decent work into that. So it's good to see. And, and the, other, the other caveat that we saw today a little bit was it was hard to tell how much work they put into it because the handlers didn't put a lot of, as, I wouldn't say, not a, they didn't put as much effort in the scenario. They just kind of walked down the path, you know. So I think sometimes that it, you can tell when you do a lot of these dogs who's watching those finer details. And I think you're probably on the same page as me. This is the first time we ever talked about it. But when you've been around this industry for a while, I think you've realized the finer details are what, are what make or break a team. Sure. And, and the more you pay attention to detail, the, the better your dog is going to be. Yeah. And so then we moved up into the field. We just would call the decoy out and it was just a scripted deal where it just got to, we tried a couple leaving the dog in a down. Most of that dogs were breaking once they saw any kind of action. So we switched and we would just hold the leash to keep the dog back. So we wanted the handler to be on the bottom of this pile. And we had a, we had a really good decoy today who was, doing a good job and reading the dogs real well. And we would simulate that the decoy was attacking the, the handler. And then at that point, when they were in a good fight, we'd have the handler call the dog or, or just send the dog. And would we have maybe two or three that targeted the decoy? Um, that's, that's probably pretty accurate. Maybe yeah. I, I guess we had a couple at the end. So maybe yeah. four or five at the yeah, most. The most yeah. yeah. So a small percentage. Um, some of them had heard about that scenario about the handler being on the bottom and, we asked them what they expected, and they said, I expect to get hit. They did. Right. <laughs> Some of the dogs uh, I saw would redirect fairly quick. Some of the dogs were full-on attack on the, the handler, and, and once they got in that fight, there wasn't a whole lot. I saw, and, and correct me if you don't see so, but I didn't see a 100% correlation, but I saw a little bit of correlation to um, the, the ones that had the better obedience seemed to be able to have a little more control Sure. To redirect the dog because it's one of those little things that shows itself in a big thing there. Sure, like like I said, the the more control work you do and the better control they are, it bleeds off into your other your, your training and the performance of your of your dog. So, sure. um, and I think that a lot of the handlers, you know, there was there was a lot of a lot of stimulation out there today. There's a you know there's all these dog teams and yeah. these dogs going crazy. So I mean they were pretty hyped up, but I think that you know in talking to the handlers after each scenario. You know they were thankful and, and you know yeah. they all thought it was a great scenario and they yeah. learned you know yeah they you know, took a lot of stuff from the from the, what we did the one thing that i thought was interesting is that some of the handlers would tell us yeah we did this about a year ago and then i'd say well you know what did you do in between that year and today you know on this nothing <laughs> so you know it results are expected at some point you know? right so if if uh, you were doing this in your unit and you had a dog you know that you did ran the scenario on any he didn't do well and maybe spent way too much energy on trying to hit the handler. What would you start doing to remedy that right away? Well, I would work backwards to where I need to and then start making baby steps and 
get that dog up to where he needs to be, at, uh-huh. you know, where he's proficient and performing at, yeah. the, at the standards that we So expect. what kind of steps would you start at the beginning? Um, well, as far as the, the handler protection with him uh, throwing the handler down, um, you can't expect the dog to go out there and and just and do that yeah. correctly. I yeah. mean, so you know you can go back, you can lead the dog up with a a lead, and and if he's targeting the handler on the ground, it's you know the you, the decoy hang, can get his attention as soon as the dog focuses on the decoy. You yep. can release him at that yep. time, um, and then the dog goes, yeah. you know, hits the decoy, the handler gets out of it, and it's you know it's fun yeah. for the dog with the decoy. Yeah, um, and then you can just work back. You can build up on that and you know extend yeah. your distances and so forth. Yep. But um, you know, I had a I had a couple handlers that couldn't believe that you could actually train that for the dogs to do yeah. that. And then, um, I mean, we, we saw we saw a couple that, you yeah. know, did really well, and it's because they train on it all yeah. the time. So Yeah, and we had one agency, the guy, uh, when we told him the scenario, he said, oh, just it's just a handler protection. I said, yeah, it is, and he's trained that all the time. I was like, all right. You know, and I mean, he was very confident in his dog, and when it was done, he was rightfully confident in his dog because the decoy did a very good job about, Simulating a uh, stimulating a very good fight, simulating a very good fight with the uh, handler, and yet the dog never went near the handler, targeted the decoy all the time, and did a, a really nice job. And talking to him, I said, "How often do you do this?" And he said, "At least once a month." They set up that so, uh, that scenario or something similar to it to have the dog stay targeted, and and it shows that that training does pay off, even though it's a it seems like a, a big hill to climb for some of these guys. Sure, and I think I mean if you think about it. Um, that, that dog's a tool, and and if you need him, you need to be able to utilize him. If you're on the ground in a fight, you know, getting whooped, and you need your yeah. dog, and you can't use him because you don't train on it, yeah. then you know I think that's a that's a bad that's yeah. a bad mistake. Yeah, or worse yet, you're you think he's going to do one thing, and then you call him out, and now he's attached to you. And these guys on the street are going to take full advantage of that. They're sure, not gonna, they're not going to think feel sorry for you because your dog's biting you. Know, you're sure. you're in a world of hurt then. So. Yeah, that was a, some of the advice we gave some of the guys. Dave was, you know, now you know where you're at, so don't don't door pop that dog right now because it wouldn't be good if, right. you're, if you're in a bad bad situation. So at least they at least they took that away from it. So any other uh, big takeaways from today? It was kind of, um, no, I no, the not the one thing I can say is that we had very positive feedback, and I think the hammers yeah. took a lot away from you know just even the muzzle fitting and yeah. then the control work and. And you know the the last phase of it in the you know we'll call it yeah. counter protection. I think they see the importance of, of training, yeah. and it'll be interesting to see next year. You know, maybe we'll set this up again see just what, to see yeah. where see where they're at. You know what I like do this uh, seminar. I've taught it every year for a number of years, and what I like too is that uh, by the far far majority of these guys, when they uh, show up at whatever scenario, sometimes they do detection, sometimes they do patrol. Um, they're having some of them are having a rough day because the different scenarios, you know, they're getting a lot of challenging scenarios, and maybe their dog isn't doing as well. Rarely, I mean, it's I could count on the number of one and number of times that people have shown up pissed off or you know not not in the game, and most of these guys just kind of roll with it. They know they're here for training. They take what they can get out of it, and hopefully take it home and apply it to their training and stuff. But it's just fun when these guys are getting challenged all day that sure. uh, they're they're still in it and they're still like, all right, let's go do another one. And they leave our scenario and go do another scenario that was equally or even harder, you know, and, and right. work their way through it. So, And I think it's also important, you know, today we had a great decoy. Yeah. And I think when you're training this stuff, you know, the decoy can also make or break you. I mean, they got to know whenever uh, to create that stimulus and when to reward the dog yeah. and, and, and so forth. So we can't appreciate him enough. Yeah, absolutely did a great job. I guess the final thought I'd have for a takeaway is that, 
you know, if you set up the scenario with the handler on the bottom and the dog doesn't do right, don't just start setting the scenario up. You touched on this earlier. Don't just do it over and over. It's not going to get any better. That right. dog's getting, he's satiating his drives by drilling the first thing right. he sees on the, on the ground. And it's not going to get any better if you don't set up some steps to remedy what, what he's doing. So, well, I appreciate it. This has been the end of a kind of a long day. And now we're going to be up again tomorrow morning. We got another scenario set up. So we'll probably maybe report back what we uh, end up doing tomorrow. Sure. But this is uh, Jeff Meyer again from Hits Radio. We're coming to you from the Western States Police Canine Association uh, meeting. It's uh, in Reno this year. And if you like this type of training, but you just want to do some uh, classroom stuff, obviously HITS is going to be in Phoenix in 2020. So check out HITSK9.net, HITSK9.net for all the information about HITS in Phoenix in 2020. We've gotten uh, quite a few new instructors that we're starting to list on the webpage. A lot of vendors are signing up. So every time you check our webpage for the next few months, you're going to start seeing a lot of updates on it. So HITSK9.net. And if you want to reach me for anything, it's Jeff at HITSK9.net. And in the show notes, I'll put Billy's uh, contact information here in case you want to reach out and talk to him about any of this. So thanks again. Be safe out there. This is Jeff Meyer. Thanks. If you're looking to make an investment in your canine career, come to HITS 2020. There's no substitute for the real thing. Whether you're a new handler who's looking to learn more about dog training or an experienced trainer who's looking for new training ideas and techniques, come to HITS 2020 where the investment is well worth the return. HITS 2020 will have more classes and more vendors who give away more free raffle gifts and free cash than ever before. HITS is the world's largest canine seminar and is open to police officers and military members. Our experience makes the difference. You've been there and we've been there too.